1: no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply i'm victoria cash thanks for calling the lucky land hotline if you feel like you do the same thing every day press one if you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes press two we heard you loud and clear so go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over a hundred social casino style games for free get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com Available to players in the U.S. Excluding Washington and Michigan No purchase necessary VGW Group Void prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply
0: It's time to play like a Jet With your host, Scott Mason Play like a Jet What does that mean? Makai Becton, ladies and gentlemen Human beings we g- that large Should not run as fast As Makai Becton did And if you like people Just abusing other humans The Makai Becton tape is for you Wilson, go into the air Faced out by Daquan Jones. Wilson looking into wide open touchdown. First NFL touchdown for Zach Wilson. And it goes to Corey Davis. Down the middle, he's got it. Elijah Moore. The 20, the 10, the 5, touchdown. Jones has just caught flat footed. What an excellent, excellent route. He'll hit immediately. He you know, that <laughs> This.
2: thank you. from the play like a jetcom digital studio this is play like a jet my name is Scott Mason you can follow me on Twitter at play like a jet one. And it's time to talk a little film here in the offseason because the Jets are looking at a lot of draft and free agent targets at several positions of need. And let's be honest here, the Jets need help just about everywhere. But one of the biggest needs they have, certainly on the offensive side of the ball, is a playmaking tight end. And there's one very notable free agent at that position. That, of course, is Dalton Schultz, the tight end from the Dallas Cowboys. And our own Luke Grant, the Thunder from Down Under, took a deep look at Dalton Schultz on our YouTube channel, which you should watch if you haven't already, giving you a glimpse of what he brings to the table and whether or not he'd be worth a big contract for the New York Jets. So Luke is on to talk about the video he made and whether or not he thinks Dalton Schultz would be a worthwhile investment at a significant sum of money this offseason. Luke, what's going on, brother?
3: I am going pretty well. It's officially the best time of the year to be a Jets fan. We don't have to go through any more Sundays. Hopefully that changes soon. But as of now, that's how it is. Uh, excited to talk with Dalton Schultz. I think he's being discussed a lot this offseason and he will be going forward. So let's get to the bottom of it.
2: That's true. When Justin Freed was on the show yesterday to talk about the Jets offseason on the 2022 Jets offseason roundtable, he said that this is the most fun part of the season if you're a Jets fan, just like you just did. And I said exactly what you also said, which is, yes, true, but I hope that's not the case for much longer. would like the Jets to actually be in contention late in the season and then maybe even get into the playoffs. I know it's almost a foreign concept at this point, but if they're going to be able to do that, they've got to get themselves a playmaking tight end. And there's two different ways they can do that. The draft and free agency. And in free agency, the one guy that seems to be a potential difference maker at the position is Dalton Schultz. Let's talk about his receiving first. Dalton Schultz was known as more of a blocking tight end when he got picked out of Stanford in the fourth round. But yet now he's known more as a receiving tight end. And I want to talk about his blocking a little bit later. But first, tell me what he brings to the passing game as a receiver.
3: It's funny because when you look at the free agent crop, there's a lot of good receiving tight ends and you probably don't think of Dalton Schultz as that guy, but he really is. Um, I think he attacks the field in three main ways and three main areas. Let's talk about what he does down the seam first. Cowboys face a lot of split coverage. They like to throw the ball a lot with Dak Prescott and his ability to attack the seam uh, to get vertical on linebackers and even safeties at time is very good. He has a really nice feel for zone coverage, uh, which is important for a tight end because you see a ton of it over the middle of the field. His ability to sit or to to sell that he's going one way and he's going to settle on the other shoulder. He's very good in that regard. So he can stretch the field vertically, even though he's not a traditional burner. Now, is some of that the scheme that Kellen Mond and those guys are running down in Dallas? Yeah, it probably is. But in the right system, like he'd be here in New York, um, Mike LaFleur likes the tight end sets likes to throw the ball down vertically off play action, he's a good fit in that. I think secondary though, and the thing that's going to excite Jets fans watching his Cowboys film and also Michael Lafleur the most, is what he does on crossing routes and when the quarterback's in design, boot and rollout situations. I just mentioned it. There's a ton of it. Zach Wilson's very mobile. It's also the bread and butter of this Shanahan-esque offense. And he's really good at moving across the field, getting past defenders, his tempo and release Ability to wait on zone defenders or windows to open up. It's a strength of his game. Uh, As I said, he's not a burner, but he's got good football intelligence. He's got really reliable hands. Would I like to see him make some more spectacular contested catches? Yeah, I would, especially after I watched Trey McBride the other day. But all in all, really – dynamic is probably the wrong word, but a really reliable target. And what makes it so exciting is the fact that you know that's an enormous upgrade. Whether he's worth the contract, that's a different discussion for another day. But there's no doubt in my mind that Dalton Schultz is really uh, a huge upgrade of what the Jets have, particularly in the passing game.
2: I want to talk a little bit about his fit in that Cowboys offense and how much of his production is a product of that. Because remember, the Cowboys have a lot of playmakers there. Now, some of these guys have missed some time due to injury, but at different points in the season, Michael Gallup was there, Cedric Wilson, who isn't a star, still a pretty solid receiver, had six touchdowns this year. The running backs in the passing game, including Ezekiel Elliott. You've also got Amari Cooper and, of course, CeeDee Lamb, who is emerging as one of the best receivers in the NFL. So there is plenty of support there. To help get Dalton Schultz open looks, how much of that played into the production that you saw from him on tape?
3: A ton. I think if you look at the supporting cast and also the Kellen Mon scheme—sorry, I keep saying Kellen uh, Mon—the Kellen Moore scheme—I think both of those are huge factors with his production. I mentioned it; he's very good against zone coverage. You want him to run a stick route, like we saw Jason Witten do for 15 years in Dallas. He's going to settle and find the space. He isn't winning a ton man-on-man, and nor is he asked to realistically. Schultz is a beneficiary of zone coverage and of coverage rolling in one direction towards a receiver. That's something we have to consider. As I said, if the discussion was, is Dalton Schultz an upgrade for the Jets? It's not even a discussion. But is he worth $12 to $14 million? That's a different question because that's a difference maker on an NFL squad. Is he the guy that can elevate an offense? Or is he the product of that offense that's what scared me a little bit with his tape i know he had good numbers 800 receiving yards eight touchdowns it's great you love to see that production in the red zone i talked about the verticality he can stretch the field a bit even though he's a somewhat limited might be the wrong word but he's not the best athlete in the world i think you want to see a little more of dalton schultz being that dude on an offense rather than a complementary piece
1: At LuckyLandslots.com Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.
3: Play
0: like a Jet. Play like a Jet.
2: <laughs> Let's talk about Dalton Schultz perhaps being one of the key pieces on an offense if he were to be signed by the Jets or any other team for big money this offseason. If the Jets did grab him, how do you think he would fit in the Lafleur offense? And what would you expect to see from him in terms of how Lafleur would use him?
3: I think you've got a glimpse of that if you watch the Dallas tape. I know you probably don't think of those offenses as being particularly similar, but start the year. Kind of weeks one through seven until Blake Jarwin got injured. They were running two tight end sets almost exclusively, which is what we saw the Jets do from a personal perspective early in the year. So he has experience. Um, he was used as an inline tight end a ton. So something that a guy like Ingram or even David Njoku, they don't do that. They don't have that skill set. Well, Dalton Schultz hits that box. So I think schematically, it's a pretty good fit. One thing I will say, he wasn't left in line as a blocker particularly often, and I didn't think he was great at it. It was very hit or miss, but he definitely has the experience. He was used plenty as a run blocker in those two tight end sets, or, or even ace, we have a tight end on either side. So I think the fit is very, very good. Uh, I think Lafleur could get close to the most out of him. I'm just not sure if there's not a better option on the table from the value perspective. But talking purely about scheme and about what he could do here and how he fits in, I think it would be perfect. Um, you look at Ryan Griffin and his limitations with catching the ball, with blocking. Straight away, you're getting an upgrade in both areas there. So I don't have any questions there. It's just more ultimately, it's about value.
2: It sounds like you're saying that he would be a much better fit than somebody like Mike Gusecki, who. Can put up some impressive numbers, but really feels more like a jumbo receiver than an actual tight end who can do all the parts of the tight end job. And if Gusecki were to come here, I'm not sure that he would be a good fit, regardless of value, which we'll talk about in a little bit as far as what you think the max value he would bring to this team would be. It definitely appears, based on what you saw on tape, that Schultz would be a far better option than somebody like Mike Gesecki.
3: Yeah, I think Mike Kusecki is effectively a power slot is kind of how I refer to it. And I know some other people um, that enjoy the NFL do the same. I think if you look at Justin Jefferson in college, running routes from the slot for LSU, I'm not saying just is he's that level of athlete, but that's what he has been for the Miami Dolphins. He's not a tight end. I, it's a stretch to even call him an F or anything like that. The dude is a wide receiver who occasionally will stand a little closer to the tackles. Um, so yeah, even though I think Mike's a good player, I don't think he's a fit schematically, because I don't think Lafleur wants to alter his offense for a player that isn't a superstar. That's why Dalton Schultz makes sense. A lot like I was lobbying for Jonius Smith last year, who I kind of think is a better player, even though the production's never been there particularly. I think he slides right in. Schematically, it's perfect. And as I said, better than your Mike Jasicki, your Njoku. But in saying that, if you compare one of those wide receivers with either Dalton Schultz or someone in the draft, then you're starting to get somewhere at the position. That's a lot of assets to allocate. But yeah, I think Schultz much better fit than Mike Dosecki and pretty much the majority of the fr- free agent tight end class.
2: We talked about the fit in the Mike LaFleur offense, but I want to talk about how Zach Wilson would be able to utilize Dalton Schultz's talent. You watched a lot of Zach Wilson's tape with the Jets and, of course, with BYU. So you have a pretty good basis of knowledge here on this subject. Did you see anything on his tape with the Jets and more specifically BYU where he had more opportunities to go to a tight end or go to a fullback? Was there enough there to make you think that it would be worth it for Zach Wilson's growth and development?
3: Yeah, look, it's a tricky one because if you look at the BYU tape, they often had tight ends and fullbacks on the field where you had, I know you had Mason Wake on the show. Uh, but realistically, they were in line blocking a ton, and BYU was sending out three to four route runners on the majority of plays. You didn't see him throwing to tight ends a lot. It was either wide receivers or running backs, and then if you fast-forward 12 months to his tenure with the Jets, kind of the same thing. A lot of Corey Davis and Elijah Moore in the middle part of the season. uh, You saw a lot of receptions to Michael Carter and Ty Johnson at different times of the year. Not a whole lot to Griffin and to Croft. Now, does that mean that he can't do it or that he doesn't like to? No, it just means the opportunity hasn't been presented to Zach Wilson yet. The best fit I think I see between Zach Wilson, uh, Dalton Schultz, and Mike LaFleur is the crossing routes and the rollouts. And I know I already mentioned it, but how many times over the last 12 months have we seen Zach rolling out to his right and the, the tight end just doesn't quite get open or he sits in the wrong window and Zach Wilson has to dirt it? or he then averts his eyes down and tries to throw a miracle ball to the second level to Corey Davis against New England. It ends in an interception. I think Dalton Schultz providing that security blanket in the intermediate part of the field, running across, whether it's sitting versus zone, continuing against man. He's a smart dude. Uh, He's reliable. He's a big frame, but he's also more athletic than a Tyler Croft or a Ryan Griffin. So I think that's the most natural link, and I think Zach will enjoy that, but also giving Zach free completions. How good would it be if, you know, they're playing the Broncos and they're in cover two and you can just run Dalton Schultz on a sit, you can hit him, he'll turn up field and you get eight to nine free yards on first down. There's lots you can do with him. I think he would be that guy over the middle that would be a trusted receiver. As I said, may not have the upside and uh, be that talent uh, that changes an offense and he's very dynamic, but I still think he and Zach would fit very well together, particularly in the Michael LaFleur scheme.
2: The AFC East is very tough defensively Sean McDermott and Bill Belichick Two of the best defensive coaches in the league And the Bills and Patriots are really good on defense The Dolphins are too Although at this moment we don't know who the next coach is going to be Brian Flores obviously was able to help put together A really sound defensive unit there though In Miami And there are some really good secondary players in that division Talk to me about what type of mismatches you think Schultz could produce, and how do you think the defensive minds in the division would go about trying to scheme to stop him?
3: Here's the interesting thing. When I saw a lot of Schultz's win, I I kind of mentioned it earlier. It was against zone coverage. The Jets play in a division that primarily, assuming that Miami still run a kind of cover one, cover zero scheme, even with Flores gone, because that's where their personnel is lined up to play, you get Bill Belichick going to run a hell of a lot of man coverage you get uh, Miami as I mentioned Buffalo's playing quarters now quarters is his own defense but in certain principles and if a tight end's going up the seam it turns into man coverage so it's very different to I think the way he was defended this year in the NFC as a whole does he have the movement skills to beat man coverage I didn't see a lot of it I can't answer that either way definitively I think either way he's gonna have a better chance than Ryan Griffin does but I think It may not be the best fit from that perspective. Maybe you need a tight end with better movement skills. I'm not saying Dalton Schultz is a slouch and is a bad athlete, but he's not David Njoku. I don't think he's Trey McBride as a pass catcher because I don't think he has that overhead ability to catch it outside his frame, to box out, to be that Mark Andrews type in Baltimore. So look, I think that's a little bit of a concern when you look at the divisional fit and what they would do against him. But in saying that, it's an upgrade. That's what I keep saying. I, I feel like I'm beating beating a drum here over and over again, but his ability to run routes is better than Ryan Griffin's. His ability to catch the ball is better than Tyler Cross. And when you put all that together, it means that he's a pretty good football player. And even though he may not be the best fit for the division, I can't say that definitively because honestly, this is not enough tape of him playing against man coverage.
2: Luke, I want to come back to Dalton Schultz's blocking because as I said, when he was drafted in the fourth round of Stanford a couple of years ago, He was picked mostly as a blocking tight end and blossomed into a pretty decent receiving threat as we've talked about. But the blocking is interesting because he's gotten relatively strong grades from PFF. But you and I have joked many times that you can't trust PFF's grades. You have to go and watch the tape for yourself in order to really get a feel for what a guy is good at. Because PFF, numerous times we've seen with the Jets, has given players really good or really bad grades. And you sit there scratching your head saying, did they watch the same game in the same tape that I watched? Dalton Schultz had pretty good blocking grades, but when you watch the tape, you really weren't impressed with his blocking. Can you explain why?
3: Yeah, I was very underwhelmed, to be honest. Maybe I fell for the stereotype that you see, you know, uh, an athlete who lines up in line a ton and a lot of two tight end sets, and you think, oh, he's Tyler Croft. He's a blocking first tight end like he was coming out of Stanford. I saw one major issue, and look, it's nothing huge, but I'm sure the Cowboys have seen this and tried to address it. In his run blocking... He ducks his head too early, which means his eyes are going down and people are beating him with swim moves and things like that over the top. And then because he's getting his head down and dropping it, he's also lunging out in front. So his pads are out in front of his feet, very off-balance position. And then he's also falling over himself for that reason. So I think that really concerned me. I watched four games continuously back-to-back of Dallas All-22 to make the video. And it was during a stretch weeks one to six where he had a PFF blocking grade of over 70 and i thought okay this is a good place to start i just i didn't see it scott there were flashes against new england i actually thought he had a really good game against matt judon of all people one of the best pass rushes in the division from a blocking perspective but too many times out in front of his pads off balance dropping his head getting beaten with push pulls swum over the top of and people getting in and just nailing zeke Elliott in the backfield does that mean he's a bad blocking tight end no I think I just had higher expectations based on the PFF grade that I saw coming in from a run-blocking perspective based on the perception of him coming out of Stanford and what Jets fans have said. A lot of people are saying, you know, let's give Dalton Schultz the bag. We've got to get this guy. He could transform the tight end position. I think if you're going to do that, you need an elite player on both in both aspects of the tight end game, and that's blocking and pass catching. I think he's pretty close to being there as a pass catcher. I don't think he's quite there as a blocker. And then I mentioned a little earlier He wasn't asked to stay in line and block in the pass game very often. If they were using two tight ends in a pass set, he was often the guy that was out on a route, stretching the seam, uh, working across the field. That was his role. Uh, Someone said to me the other day on on Twitter, he only had two or three pressures. I pulled up five clips where he missed a guy in pass coverage, but someone else got to him. That's why stats can be misleading and pressures and things like that at times. Someone else can bail you out. Overall, pretty underwhelmed, particularly with the run blocking because there was a lot of that. You'd like to see those things improve. But in saying that, if four years in they haven't, maybe that's kind of his ceiling as a blocker.
2: Luke, last year, Johnu Smith and Hunter Henry got a lot of money from the New England Patriots. A lot of people were surprised. I'm still surprised that the Patriots paid that kind of money to two different tight ends. Dallas Goddard just got a really big contract from the Philadelphia Eagles. You have to figure that Dalton Schultz, who will hit the open market, is going to have a lot of bidders because plenty of teams need playmaking tight ends. So he's going to get a good deal of money. And you know how it is with free agency. When they're free and clear, they get paid based on who got paid last. So you're probably looking at something in the Dallas Goddard range, and Dallas Goddard is getting about $14 million a year with quite a bit of the money that he signed for guaranteed. If Dalton Schultz is going to command the kind of money that Dallas Goddard got or something in the hunter henry Johnu smith range? Is that a move that you think the Jets should make? What's the most that you feel Joe Douglas should be willing to hand out to him in a contract?
3: It's a great question, Scott, because when you look at the Jets' tight end position, uh, position, who would have thought that Dustin Keller and Jeff Cumberland were the glory days? I can't (laughs) believe we're saying that 10 years (laughs) on. It's been such a barren position. We haven't utilized it. Look at 2015. We didn't throw to the ball of the tight ends at all. He's such an upgrade, and you want that upgrade, but I don't think I can pay him 14 million a year. It's just, it's a lot of money. As I said, that kind of cash is a difference maker. Is he going to be that guy that can change your offense, or is he someone that's just such an upgrade on Tyler Croft and Ryan Griffin that we're willing to overpay? I don't think I would do it. For me, the best thing the Jets can do to attack the tight end position is get a tier two guy and then get Trey McBride okay, you can't get McBride, move on to one of the other guys in the third or fourth round. But if you get an OJ Howard and then you get Trey McBride and you bring back Tyler Croft on the cheap, that's a really well-rounded tight end group of three guys who can do everything. OJ Howard, not particularly utilized in Tampa, but he's got a great skill set. Tyler Croft, I think he showed a little bit when he wasn't hurt. And then you get McBride in there, that's the way to go. To circle back around and do a full 360 back to um, to Dalton Schultz, I think the most I'd want to pay him And he's going to get more than this. So don't think this is a prediction. I don't want to pay him much more than that 10 to 11 million per year, ideally over three years. I just have reservations about the blocking. I don't know if the athleticism beats man coverage enough. Was he a product of that scheme? Um, So they're the questions. And that's why I think kind of 10 to 11 is the most I'd go. I think he gets more than that. So I guess the answer to your question is I don't think the Jets should pursue him at 14 million.
2: Luke Grant, the Thunder from Down Under. Thanks so much for coming on and breaking down Dalton Schultz with me. Glad that we could learn more about a potential free agent target this offseason. A guy that's going to get a lot of attention from a lot of different teams. And I'm sure the Jets will at the very least consider getting in the mix on the bidding for him. You've got a video up breaking down Schultz with all 22 footage right now on our YouTube channel You've got one up of Trey McBride, the outstanding tight end from Colorado State. We're going to talk about him in a separate show. And, of course, you've got plenty more, including a breakdown of Traylon Burks, the outstanding wide receiver from Arkansas. We've got our store over at TeePublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. A lot of shirts, mugs, hoodies, hats, hats everything over there. And you know a thing or two about that because believe you know the artist who created all the artwork for our store. So talk a little bit about what people can find on our YouTube channel and what they can get at our store at tpublic.com.
3: Yeah, the, the TeePublic stuff is awesome. Um, my partner, Alex, was part of designing it and then obviously creating those those artworks to go on the shirts, the mugs, the hats, everything that you could ever want. Um, some of the range is just is awesome. We've got the Zack the Ripper stuff. Uh, which might be my personal favorite. The Zach Wilson says go long range. Uh, you're talking about the throw against Tennessee and him pointing downfield. That's in front of the play like a jet logo. Just cool merch that you don't see on NFL shop and in the jet stores and that kind of thing. Play like a jet logo tees. Quinn and Williams, bless you, thank you, range standing next to John Franklin Myers. Hopefully those two can step up in a big way next year. The Jets are going to need it. So that, that's that's awesome. I love the stuff at T Public. And then across on the YouTube, as you said, trying to get a video out nearly every day, four or five a week. Um, you mentioned the breakdowns already. I've got one on Makai Beckton that dropped earlier in the week, uh, talking about how he's the answer at left tackle, that George Fant needs to be the man to move over despite him playing well. That was a controversial piece, unfortunately. Uh, haven't quite found a, a agreement there from Jets fans. Um, and then more prospect videos, more free agent videos. They're going to be coming thick and fast. Uh, guys like Tyler Lindenbaum I'm watching tape on him in the Iowa offensive line at the moment Uh, Garrett Wilson someone that I've kind of likened to Calvin Ridley so lots of things coming stay tuned subscribe we're about to hit 2000 so uh, keep following us on all our social media platforms and uh, and make sure you support the play like a Jeff Brown
2: check out our youtube channel and of course our store at tpublic.com that's t-e-e-public.com and give us a five-star review for the podcast on itunes if you haven't done that already easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing doesn't take you much time doesn't cost you any money but it goes a long way to help us out so if you could go ahead and do that for us we'd be quite grateful and for the latest and greatest in new york jets podcasts and content you know where to go that's play like a jet digital and play like a dot com